listening to another episode of Courageous Conversations with Sheree. I'm your girl, Sheree Darianne. What's up, Savannah? So glad to be back on the air with you this week. And you know how we do it. We're naked, unashamed, and unapologetic with our truth. This week, we're going to bring you an amazing conversation, a very challenging, difficult, awkward, in many ways, conversations, but a well-needed conversation. We're transparent today. We're going to tell you something that you may not know, or guess what? You just might. But before we jump into that, let me jump into this and remind you, you're listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. And the viewpoints expressed in the following program are not necessarily that of WRUU, its staff, or its license holder. And without further ado, our topic today is, drumroll please, COVID-19 in 2021. We're talking about COVID-19 and I have someone so near and dear to me. I got family on the line with me, Dr. LaQuandra <laughs> Stevenson. What's up, girl? Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me today. I'm good. I'm so delighted. I don't often get the opportunity to have my family on. I did have my girls on in a Mother's Day special. Of course, this is our COVID-19 special. And so it's bittersweet. And obviously, I'm going to unpack that in a few minutes. Why I say that, uh, obviously, we both have experienced COVID-19 getting diagnosed, both of us, as I understand, are still experiencing the impact and the results of COVID-19. Many people right. do not know that, but it's not like you get this thing one time like the chicken pox and let it run its course and then it's gone. Correct. No, there are and can be lasting effects of COVID-19. We're going to tell you a little bit about our own experiences, but before I do that, I typically roll out the red carpet for my guess. But I want to tell you guys, I love Quandra so much and I'm biased because yes, she's family. <laughs> and two, we don't see each other often. Believe it or not, we live maybe two, three ridiculous <laughs> miles away from each other. <laughs> ridiculous miles. And we never, ever, hardly ever see each other other than possibly on social media. But when I see you, you know what I see? What do you see? I see the moment when I was in a very vulnerable place after the loss of my mom. Oh. I see you comforting me. Aww. I do. I do. I, that comes back so fresh. It was a very difficult time. And I am so grateful for you and for that moment. That moment floods my mind as I just look at you. Because Aww. I remember that. You know, there's a saying that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care exactly exactly yes it just sticks with you it's just it can't go away it's like a stain a good one yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it's just yeah it just floods my mind it's 
it shows how you impacted me at my core on a level that the residue of that is so real yes. for me. And so I appreciate that. I love you publicly. I want everybody to know that. And I'm so delighted to have you with me. So before I get all mushy on the show today, <laughs> We're going to give glory to God for all of that. Amen. Absolutely. But Dr. Stevenson, would you politely introduce yourself to Savannah and all of the world? Um, hi, everyone. Uh, Laquandra Stevenson here, a educator for over 15 years, a native of Jasper County. I currently live in Ridgeland, South Carolina with my two boys, nine-year-old and a six-year-old. Just so happy and honored to be here today to share my I don't even call it a story anymore. I call it a testimony um, to share my testimony of um, what I've went through with COVID. And I'm really just hoping that the message today could be beneficial to all of those listeners out there um, because the battle is not over yet. And, you know, a lot of us are thinking COVID is done and it really is not. Um, the long-term effects can be really detrimental. And um, we just have to continue to be careful and take it seriously. So I'm honored to be here. And I thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Let's talk about this opportunity because I promise you it is all God ordained. And I love that you set it up that way for our listening audience. This is a conversation, first of all, that I've been wanting to have for a while. And my personal life, my business life has been crazy busy for the last couple of months. So much so that Courageous Conversation has had to take a back seat. This is my playground. This is my hobby. I don't do this for a living. I do this for fun, right? I just enjoy hearing people's stories. And so having these interviews or doing these interviews is just, I get to do it when I can do it, but oftentimes now it's becoming more and more rare. Long story short, I wanted to have a conversation about COVID for various reasons, but the timing just couldn't happen. It's ironic. I just put up a post a couple of days ago, maybe yesterday, and said, anybody want to get on the call with me and do an mm -hmm. interview about COVID? And you were the first one. There was one <laughs> more that may join us, but you were the first person to comment. I had no idea. So again, thank you for answering the call and again, being transparent with us about your own experience with COVID. I do want to start this conversation out today by giving the CDC's definition of COVID. What is COVID-19? Coronavirus. COVID-19 is an illness caused by a virus that can spread from person to person. The virus that caused COVID-19 is a new coronavirus that has spread throughout the world. You would think now it would, it's not <laughs> new, right? COVID-19 symptoms can range from mild or to no symptoms to severe illness. I think that's enough said based on our conversation today. Laquandra, I say that affectionately, but I want to honor you, Dr. Stevenson. <laughs> What's one word that you would use to describe COVID-19? Oh, wow. Um, one word, life-changing. Mm. For me, it's life-changing as a African-American, not 40 yet, currently going through what I'm going through right now, it has become really life-changing. Physically, emotionally, 
mentally, spiritually, in all aspects of my life. So that one word is definitely life-changing. And we can elaborate on that as we continue to go on, but life-changing. Wow. No, no. Thank you for that. Okay. We are definitely going to unpack that some more. My word would be, ooey. <laughs> That's not it, ooey. <laughs> <laughs> I what my word is, there's so much that comes up for me. It's weird. My word is going to be weird. It's, I'm thinking interesting. Okay. Because it's not a one size fit all for anybody. No, it really no. isn't. It has been weird. It's been awkward. It's been interesting. Just the whole phenomenon of how it started. And everybody knows that the former president called it the China virus in the beginning mm -hmm. because it started there and then kind of mutated over here. And then it's like, okay, right now we're on the East Coast and I'm already seeing warnings or preparation messages about hurricane season, right? Exactly. So we know what happens during hurricane season on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. It's interesting for me to have seen the way it took the world by storm, the whole world and just watching different areas of the globe turn red with a virus. Exactly. I remember that place where, exactly. where we were just a year ago, just a year ago. It's amazing to be where we are today. And I know some people are relaxing and thinking it's over. And it's not by far. It's you not, don't think so? I do not think so at, in any way, shape or form. Um, I try to stay really up to date with what's going on with it, just because I'm still having long-term effects. And um, I am a part of, we have Facebook groups for long haulers. And I'm a part of almost, I think three or four long hauler Facebook groups dealing with COVID-19. And I mean, it keeps mutating itself. So that mutation, you know, they created the vaccine for one strand. But if it keeps mutating, you know, how will that vaccine work? It's crazy to see. And I'm not sure if you even know, now they're coming up with all of these COVID clinics. No. They have clinics now for long haulers where you could be, you know, a part of it to kind of try to figure out what's going on with it. Because there are so many different symptoms. There are so many different things that have happened to people that they've never experienced until after they've had COVID. And I definitely attest to that, having things happen that I've never had issues with. For example, asthma, I've never had asthma until after I had COVID. Now I have an inhaler that I have to keep because I'm always out of breath. Really? So, you know, it's just, it's weird to see, you know, we think the battle is over, but we still need to be cautious. I know that we need to open the economy because we can't survive without the economy being open, but it's still just scary to me. So I'm definitely one of those people who still stay home yeah. unless I unless you absolutely have to, then you have two boys, young boys, nine and six. How are you able to do that? Well, I'm sure you have a great support system as well with your mom and all, but it's interesting to hear. I didn't even know that you had experienced it the way you have. We're going to unpack a lot of that, but I want to know when did you know, or when did you contract the virus? Do you know when and where it happened? Um, not so much where, but I, it did happen in August. Um, you know, another family member had felt bad and she was kind of sick. And I went to go and help her out because we thought it was something else. 
and I'm not sure if I contracted it there or where, but she went and got tested and she tested positive around the time I started feeling bad. So I went and got tested like two days later. Yeah. I went to the, one of the drive-through testing sites and um, I got my results from MUSC maybe two days later that I did have it. Um, my symptoms were mild the whole entire time. Like, you know, I had the fatigue and all that other stuff and no appetite. I lost 20 pounds. I was happy for that. Wow. But <clears throat> it wasn't very to the point where I had to be hospitalized like that. Yeah. I did end up in the hospital, but by the time I went to the hospital, like I had COVID pneumonia and I didn't even know I had it, but it was already clearing up. So, you know, they sent me right back home. So, you know, I came back home and I thought everything was normal. And for a while I went back to work and it was normal. And then my body just started acting really crazy. Like within the next month, it just started and it went left from there. When you say acting crazy, what do you mean? Well, you mentioned uh, asthma. Okay. Yes. I started experiencing extreme dizziness, extreme fatigue. My blood pressure kept fluctuating and I had numbers like two, 265 over 119 blood pressure numbers. I would keep going to the hospital. They would have a hard time trying to get it to go back down. I mean, to the point where they would have to keep me in the hospital for like two, three days just to get my blood pressure down. Still suffering from insomnia. The longest I have been up without going to sleep has been three days straight. What? Yes. <laughs> three Inability days. to go to sleep inability to fall asleep. I mean, I've tried melatonin, they've given me medication and my body just would not shut down. Um, when it did, when it finally shuts down, my body crashes. And when it crashes, I'm usually in the bed two to three days at a time. Wow. So, um, I really thank God for my mom because she has been my rock and she has been that person who has come through and really, you know, had to take care of my kids and make sure everything happens while, you know, I'm under the weather. Wow. Now I want to back up a little bit. That's a lot, first of all. Oh my, and I had no idea at all. I, I had no idea. It's interesting when I was reading the definition, it can be those that contract the virus and have no symptoms at all to severe illness. It sounds like you had both ends of the spectrum because mm -hmm. in the beginning, you said this family member started feeling bad and mm -hmm. then you started feeling bad. Mm -hmm. But what does feeling bad mean? In the beginning, were you having headaches? I had a headache and I also was just really tired and I had a burning sensation in my nose. And I've never had sinus issues ever. Oh, I see. Okay. So this burning sensation wouldn't go away. And that was really my telltale sign that something was wrong. Cause I'm really good with knowing my body. Yeah. So that was a telltale sign. And then I was tired and then I couldn't smell or taste anything after that happened. I'm like, okay. Okay. So, I mean, during that process, I isolated myself. I followed all the CDC guidelines. I drank lots of fluids. I did all the natural remedies. I did everything you could think of. And I saw when you went through your process, you were documenting. I was like, how cool was that? I wish I would have thought of that. But, um, you know, I just went through all of those motions and it, you know, it was really just the extreme tiredness, fatigue and dizziness more than anything and the headaches. Yeah. Um, 
but I felt like I could deal with that. So it was, it was fine. You know, so initially, do you think you were just like, okay, like how you would treat any other cold? Yes. Basically. Okay. I'll get over this. This too shall pass. Yes. Liquids and rest. Yes. That's treated like that. Yes. Wow. But it, it didn't end up that way. I mean, it started as that, as that, but you know, like I said, once I got back to work, you know, it was just little things. And, you know, I would go to the nurse to check my blood pressure. Cause the doctor said, you know, just let her check you every day. We don't know what's going on. Yeah. Well, she would check me at 9am every morning. And she was like, it is just, it's not consistent. It's just all over the place. And, you know, once your blood pressure is a certain number, yeah. they're required home, you know? Uh, and so I'm like, uh, I got to go home again. And so I kept going to the doctor and then um, the doctor sent me back to the cardiologist and he decided to do an ultrasound and something else. Mm -hmm. And that's when he noticed that COVID had weakened my heart. Wow. You're the first person that I've even known that that has affected their heart. Now, granted, let me just put this disclaimer. <laughs> I live on a rock. Like, we're, like, really, we're two miles away and I hardly ever see her. So <laughs> that really is nothing. But interesting, I'm glad we're having this conversation because there are probably other listeners that had no idea either. Mm -hmm. Yes. So wow. when it, I mean, when it affected my heart, I mean, it had weakened it to the point where I was basically told if I caught COVID again, I was not going to survive it. And so the doctor, you know, your general doctor, you see them all the time. Right. And he said to me straight up, he said, LaQuandra, I know you love the work. He said, but if you catch it again, he said, I can't put it any plainer than this. You are not going to survive it the way your heart is. You cannot go back to work. It was no, no ifs, ands, or buts. I couldn't like negotiate. I mean, it, it was just like a hit straight to my heart because I love to work. <laughs> for one, yeah. but he just said straight up, you're not going to survive it. Your, your parents, your family will be planning a funeral for you. If you catch it again, that's how much it had weakened my heart at that point. Oh my God. Now, listen, you've started this conversation out about this testimony, <laughs> right? Didn't you? Yes. I'm thinking, listen, I've seen your journey in education, 14, 15 years in education, mom of two boys, you are now home home full time Every, full time since january and you were told that if you get this again if you contract the covid virus again and you're talking we're talking about mutations so forth so on, long haulers interesting i never even heard that term before again i live on a rock savannah i'm actually speechless how are you doing aside from all of what you're sharing how are you right now right now i am honestly, I mentally prepare myself to be a part of this because I feel like this is so important. Um, this morning, it started off very rough because I still go through really, really, really rough days with the extreme fatigue and dizziness and falls, you name it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I just honestly, I just thank God that he could have took me out and he has it. And I don't know. I'm just grateful to still be here to be with my family and my kids. And I just, I, I hate to say go through the motions, but I'm just going through what I need to go through to get better. I mean, it's as simple as that. Whatever the doctors tell me to do, I'm doing the medicines I'm on, the therapy. I do speech and physical therapy. I've had spinal taps. 
I've been tested for MS, vertigo. I mean, because they can't figure out, honestly, they can't figure out why the extreme fatigue, they can't figure out the falling because I could be normal and I could be walking. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like a wave of something, you know, comes over me and I fall. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so I just kind of just, just do whatever they tell me to do in hopes that it's going to get better at some point or time. You know, I am so grateful that you are still with us. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to play a recording. This is one of the reasons why I wanted to have this conversation. This is in honor of someone else that is no longer with us due to COVID. And it's very short. It's only 10 seconds. And then I'm going to tell you about this last call that I received. Did you hear that? Yes. That caller said, Shree, Shree, it's Mama G. Call me, call me if you can. That is a 10 second message from January 3rd of 2021. That, my love, was my Jima. Oh, my. My godmother, who used to be my Sunday school teacher when I was this big, like really, <laughs> really little at Mount Calvary Church in Gillisonville. I knew this lady all of my life. And she called me. She had been sick for a week. A week. And I hadn't spoken to her all week. That was a Sunday morning. And she called me. I was in my bed queue. I think watching uh, the Potter's house on YouTube (laughs) and I'm thinking, Oh, you know, I'll call mommy G back after service. I called her back. You know, she called me for a thermometer, some halls, some oranges and another fruit. I can't remember four things. That's it. She would call me from random little things. You know, older people, they thank you. You're spending yeah. all your money. It's like, it's nothing. Like, it's that, I can, I'll do anything for you. It doesn't even matter. I got yeah. over there, Quandra, and she could not stand up. She was so winded. She could barely talk to me. She was out of breath. And she just needed to go to the bathroom. She couldn't lift her leg out of the bed. I stood in front of her and I said, Mama G, I know you don't want me to call the ambulance, but if I attempt to lift you, we're both going to be on the floor. Mm -hmm. You got to let me call. She did not debate with me. She said, Cherie, call them. That was the last time I saw her, Quandra. Oh, wow. Gosh. By Wednesday, that was Sunday. By Wednesday, I was making final decisions with the doctor over the phone. By Friday, an hour before she transitioned, I was saying goodbye over the phone. Oh, wow. And immediately, before she had even passed, I was talking to Miss Vivian Galloway. You know what that means. Mm -hmm. Yes. Final arrangements. 
making right. final arrangements. That was her. So when people think COVID isn't real, it is very much real. I felt led to play it then. This is in honor of Miss Georgia because I lost someone near and dear to me that most people don't even realize I had that experience. Mm -hmm. That phone call and I had to make those final decisions like seemingly overnight because of this disease. Mm -hmm. So it's real. It's real. It is very, so real. Very real. I mean, it just amazes me how quickly it came and how long lasting it is. But it also makes me so afraid how willing we are to just open back up without, like I tell my family all the time, you know, you know, they love to have a cookout. Yes. I mean, <laughs> give them a reason to get on the grill and they would do it. And you know, sometimes it's just like, where are your masks, you know? And when you come to my house on the door, it says mask required. I have shoe covers. I have sanitizer to the door. I have masks to the door for adults and kids. And I Lysol every time someone leaves out the door. I don't care if it's UPS. I don't care what it is. Right, right. But we really don't. Sometimes I just feel like even in, the fa in my family, I feel like they don't get it. And I had a, a conversation once with someone and, you know, this person also said that they had it as well. And, you know, the person said to me, you know, you've had it and I've had it. Um, and basically told me, you know, it's done. It's over with. Like, you get know? over it. Yeah, like, get over it. And I was like, I felt really some type of way. And I had to call one of my family members up north. Yeah. And, you know, he's my uncle. I'm really close with him. And I said, you know, this person said this to me and it really bothers me. And he said to me, he said, don't you ever, ever allow anyone. He said, I know you're very respectable. Even though you're grown, you still feel like you have to. He said, but don't you ever let anyone. He said, your testimony is different from theirs. Right. And you, everyone goes through things differently. And I've realized that. And I can honestly say if it had not been for those Facebook groups with yeah. COVID survivors and people who are still going through, I probably would have had a mental breakdown, honestly. Mm. I know I would have because it's like a connection there. It's people who are going through similar, better situations than you. Some people have lost limbs and feet and toes. They have something called COVID toes where you get these sharp pains similar to gout. Wow. And they can't walk on their feet anymore. There are some people who've become paralyzed after this and lost limbs and just seeing everyone's story. It's emotional, but it's also you're grateful for the, I would say, little things I'm going through. And it's not little to some. It's big. You know, they found a mass in my brain two months ago from COVID. Wow. They had to check and thank God it wasn't cancer. Um, what it really did was it really just affected my immediate memory. Mm hmm. So now I go to therapy for my immediate memory and, you know, it's helping because as an educator, you have to be able to read information and recall right. it, right? Yes. And <laughs> what has happened is I could read something now. If it's something I already know about, I'm good. But if it's any new information, I'm having a hard time remembering and processing it. Mm -hmm. So now I have to go through these um, therapy sessions twice a week 
where we're working on strategies. And like I told you earlier, I write down everything. So I have notes to, yeah. to keep me on track. Um, but it, it's just amazing how it affects your body and your neurological system. And I've gone from neurologists. I have a neurologist, I have a, a cardiologist. I go to ENT specialists because I caught COVID in August. I still cannot smell or taste. It's almost a year. I thought I was the only one. It is so weird. I can taste. It's just not the same. Everything, for lack of a better description, is like metallic. I taste nothing. Or smells <laughs> sour. It is so weird. So you cannot make this stuff up. You cannot make it up. It is so real. And I'm sitting around here. Google is my best friend every yeah. day looking up like, what in the heck? Am I the only person in this world or on this planet that's experienced? I had no idea that there was community around COVID survivors. Yes, there are. I got to tap into community. I need to find my tribe because I'm thinking this is crazy. I promise you. And if there are any listeners out there that are COVID survivors and feel like there is no way or no hope, or you just want someone to, you yeah. know, there is a group called Black COVID-19 survivors where there are only African-Americans. There are COVID-19 survivors support and resources. That's another group. And in those different Facebook groups, not only do people share their stories, but they also ask questions. You know, if I'm going through this, you know, has yeah. anyone similar gone through this? And what did your doctor recommend? What different treatments? So now we're able to say, okay, well, someone else has gone through this. So I can go to the doctor and said, let's try this medicine here. It worked You're for- You're making recommendations to your own physician? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Because it's still so new. It's still so new and the doctors really don't know enough about it. And even for those members, there are members who are a part of the COVID-19 clinics, which is new. You know, they are now facilities just for COVID long haulers. Are there any in our community or near us? Not, none in our community. Different states um, have them. Um, there I are would imagine New York since they were the first massive outbreak. I think they do have it. Um, there are doctors a part of the group offering, you know, well, tell your doctor to try this. There are nurses, nurses who've also gone through it and ha are having long hauler symptoms. So it's just a great resource. And it just gives me peace of mind because I know I can ask a question and, and be totally transparent and honest with what I'm going through and how I'm feeling. And someone is going to say, I had something similar, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I tried this and, you know, sometimes it's just as simple as when my body shuts down, I just have to stay in the bed because it feels like the way I explained it to my doctor, it feels as if there are bags and bags of like those sandbags at the beach when a storm yeah. is coming right. on me. Waited. Waited on me. So I can't move. Even if I try to get up, I can't move. You feel heavy. Yes. Body totally shuts down. I mean, do you think it's just your mind feeling that way? Oh, I know it's not. I have attempted to get up and just are extremely dizzy, totally overwhelmed. So I definitely know it's not just my mind, right. but it's, it's absolutely crazy. Wow, that is totally interesting. Savannah, this conversation is interesting. I said it in the beginning, it is definitely interesting. And with that being said, 
Radio One remind you, you're listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. And you're listening to another episode of Courageous Conversations with Shree. I'm on today with Dr. Stevenson. Dr. Stevenson, are you still on the line with me? I am still here. Awesome. So we were just recapturing a few of the numerous Facebook groups for COVID-19 survivors, one being COVID-19 Long Haulers Support Group, the COVID-19 Long Haulers Resources and Support Group, Black COVID-19 Survivors, COVID-19 Support Survivors, as well as the COVID-19 Weird Smell Club. (laughs) That's my favorite. That is my favorite. Now you mentioned also that you have not regained your taste or smell since August, correct? Correct. Since August. August 2020? August 2020. It's about to be- August 2020. Okay. So I was diagnosed October, November of 2020. And here's how I, I think, excuse me, I (laughs) actually got COVID. I took one flight in 2020 to go to Maryland to be with my best friend after the loss of her father. Her father had passed. I went there and did everything I was supposed to do. Wash my hands, sanitize, wore my mask, had my gloves, social distance, the whole nine. (laughs) Came back home and I think I lost my taste and smell. My symptoms were very minimal, you know, and you're right. I did document it because it was so weird to me, right? I went to doctor's care in Buford Mm -hmm. because I'm like, okay, something's off. You said something earlier about knowing your body, right? Mm -hmm. It is women, especially we really pay attention. We have to, because there's so much going on in here. (laughs) (laughs) You got that right. (laughs) So I went to the doctor because I knew something was just off and I got tested. And yes, I took a picture of myself in the doctor's office and I came back home and I went on Facebook because I'm in the public side anyway. And I was like, you know what? Getting diagnosed with COVID is weird. It is very awkward. People don't want to be in your space. They're uncomfortable. They don't know what to say or how to act or how to behave. And so I wanted to take that weirdness out of it as much the stigma I wanted to kind of dismantle it and so I went out there I said the heck with this I'm not going to suffer in silence I'm getting out here and I'm telling these folks guess what y'all know what I could have left doctor's care and went straight to Walmart and no one Mm would have ever known Mm -hmm. no one would have known who was going to know they would have been unsuspecting of Cherie Darian and I was a carrier I went to doctor's care and I brought my behind back home. (laughs) And I quarantined. I literally quarantined for 14 days. And this was just before Thanksgiving when I got out. So I think it was the end of October I flew. And then somewhere around the top of November or mid-November, whatever, I was diagnosed. And so I just got released just before Thanksgiving. But my symptoms were very, very minimal. I won't even say mild Mm -hmm. with the exception of loss of taste and smell of which I still have not regained, which freaks me out. Oh my gosh. It freaks me out because it is so weird. The strange thing is 
as a kid in the quandra, I had asthma, terrible asthma. And around, ooh, my early 20s, I didn't have any problems with it anymore. So what we say in our community is I outgrew it. Mm -hmm. I don't have any problems, but I lived on injections. I lived on an inhaler. I remember vividly having to go to Piggly Wiggly in the middle of the night to get Primatine Mist because I was so (laughs) desperate to breathe. Yes, it was really bad. So it's a blessing. You know, when we think about underlying conditions, Mm-hmm. And that was my thing. If I got it, God only knew. And then obviously I shared my last recording voicemail of Mama G and she was totally out of breath. So I can only imagine if it got in my lungs, what could have mm-hmm. happened, right? So I want to I want to shift the conversation. I tilt my hat to you because you've endured so much and you have such a positive attitude. I know it's been a struggle physically, mentally, spiritually, you named it all. Mm-hmm. You, said you prepared yourself mentally just to have this conversation. And so guess what? You earned the courageous a conversation <laughs> award today, girl. I might have to literally make that for real, a courageous conversation award just for you because I had no idea going into this conversation. But at the same time, you have two young boys. I'm very, you know, I really just want to honor them on this call today as well. And as a mother who want to see them grow up and still play and run. Listen, I remember vividly seeing four-wheelers on your Facebook page. Yes. These babies like to play, jump on trampoline. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. They, they're boys and they like to be outside. So what is mommy doing? Oh my gosh. On good days, I attempt to go outside with them. We have a tent outside where I can just kind of sit under the tent. Some of the meds I'm on, I can't be in direct sunlight. So I make sure I have a tent to sit under on the good days. On the bad days, honestly, we just, we just go through it. You know what? And it's hard when I first couldn't go back to work in January. And this is probably the hardest thing that ever happened. I would say, because it's as a mother, you feel like you don't want to let your kids down. Right. The hardest thing that happened is my nine-year-old Kadir wrote a letter to me. And in that letter, he wrote, he's sorry that I'm sick, but he don't think it's fair that because I'm sick, they can no longer go to school. I can't get sick and I can't take the vaccine. So they can't go to school because I can't catch it and they can't catch it. Right. And in that letter, he basically poured out his little heart and just made me feel like I felt really bad. Like because of me, he can't go to school. He doesn't have any friends anymore. You know, that was probably the hardest part for me. But months later, my mom started a Thursday night prayer meeting at church outside. And she started it right around the time that they had found the mass in my brain. I honestly feel like it was her way to kind of deal with everything I was going through. And what was the turning point for me, for my kids was my nine-year-old Kadir asked, could he pray? And he got up in front of everyone and he prayed and he prayed and asked God to heal his mommy and hope that he could feel better with no other emotions, no other feelings of, you know, friends or but he was very sincere and he cried. And, you know, for me, I was like, he gets it. He gets that 
life is not as normal as it was, but he's also willing to, I guess, I just want him to be able to depend on God and know that he is real and he exists because his question was, one of his questions was, why does God let bad things happen to people? And he said, you mommy, why did God let you catch Corona? You know, and I had to explain to him that we all go through, I mean, as a nine-year-old, you have to explain why we all go through these different things but I didn't want him to hate life or have some type of anger. So I really try to make sure that I'm positive in whatever. Even if I'm feeling bad, I say, you know what, guys, I'm having a bad day. And they've learned how to <laughs> cook oodles and noodles. So they swear that sweet. <laughs> so they'll cook me oodles and noodles and bring it or whatever on one of those bad days. But that has been the hardest part because I still try to, you know, they, like you said, they have a lot of things. They have four wheelers. So on those good days, I go outside and they go outside and play to their content, to their tired. My tub has rings around it afterwards. <laughs> so, you know, they have fun. They have games inside the house. We have books. And on Sundays, I've made it where Sunday is family movie night. So we always, whether I feel good or bad or whatever, they pick a movie. We watch a movie together. We pray together every night and it's not just me praying or us just saying the Our Father prayer or something. You know, I've tried to teach them through this experience as well to share whatever is on their heart. Right. It's on your heart. You can say it. You, there's no right or wrong. I feel like spiritually as a family, we've gotten closer, mm-hmm. but I think they're okay with it now. I think they're good. I think they've, it's become normal and they know what to do. And at first it was hard, like teaching them how to dial 911. I had a panic attack really, really bad at the start of it. And so them having to learn how to call 911, that was kind of scary. And um, them calling my mom without freaking out and freaking her out more, you know, but they're really used to knowing what to do. And I feel like that's a huge responsibility on them you know, being six and nine, but at the same time, if they're here with me most of the time, then I have to prepare them if something happens, you know, how to deal with it. So, you know, I definitely, when I can treat them, I treat them very well. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like a proud mommy. Yes. Yes. You do. Listen, I sneezed off the air a few minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) It made me think about sneezing in public or coughing (laughs) or anything like that. It's like, you're talking about this new normal, still awkward. It's still weird in a lot of places. And then we just got out of Memorial Day. We wanted to go to the beach. We elected not to, and we actually went to a hotel, you know, played in a pool, but we were going to go to, we live so close to Hilton Head. So many people travel here. We live here, barely go. But we (laughs) out there and then I just thought about it like was I ready for that you probably would have had a honestly sometimes I still have pain yeah like going to the doctor's office and they're now at one point all before it's time to go in but now they literally yeah are letting people back in and first time going there and there were a bunch of people there I sat there the whole entire time panicking. I mean, literally panicking. Like, why do they have all these people in this waiting room at the same time? Why? And, you know, some of them had on masks. Um, yeah, the majority yeah. did because doctor's office still do. 
but it, it's just the the closeness. We're still close to each other. We're still, right. you know, near each other. And that that in itself just it definitely just freaks me out. I think about the other side of that, the other spectrum is the isolation. That could breed anxiety as well. Because you were talking about community. I think we have to find new ways to have community. And I think the Facebook group obviously is another alternative to that instead of being face-to-face. And obviously you, you got to use wisdom with your mm-hmm. health. It's certainly not a one-size-fit-all. I was going to ask you, and I think you answered the question already, are you vaccinated? And I think the answer is no, because you said earlier that you can't get it. What do you mean by that? With everything that's going on with me, um, cardiomyopathy, which is the heart, um, I've been diagnosed with cardiomyopathy, and then with the small mass in the brain and the neurological issues with me um, sometimes falling and the dizziness and all of that other stuff, it's not best for me to have the vaccine. For me, it would probably make my symptoms worse, if not detrimental. And because they can't assure that it won't be detrimental or anything, it's best that I don't take it at this time. So what would you say to some of the people that really support getting the vaccine for everybody? What would you say to them? Because what I'm hearing is we can't make an assumption that it's a one size fit all for everybody. It may not be in everybody's best interest as you just clearly demonstrated. Um, there are a lot of people who, who still can't take it, especially if you're, you've had it before or you're a long hauler. Um, there are some long haulers who have taken it and their symptoms have gotten better. I really honestly believe that it's a case by case basis based on your medical condition, medical history, mm-hmm. um, and what you have going on right now. In no way, anything is a one size fit all. Nothing is in life. But I just say, you know, I try to be respectable to every person's decisions. You know, um, even if I see people who don't have a mask, I make sure I have on mine, you know, because I can't control how you behave or how you act. I can only control and protect myself. So there have been occasions where I've been, along with my children, the only people in a store or someplace with a mask on. And I'm okay with that. I don't care how you look at me. It doesn't bother me at all. So I say, you know, just respect what people have to do for themselves personally. We don't know what's going on. So that's it. And that's the one word that I've been saying for this year is just be kind to people. You just don't know what other people are going through. I mean, I didn't know your story. I had no idea that you had experienced all of that, but I am so grateful that I, whenever God just unctions me, mm-hmm. I don't question him anymore, Quandra. I do not. It may seem like the strangest thing. And I'm like, whatever, God. Okay. And look yeah. at us today. This is an act of obedience. Exactly. And I had no idea that that was your story or that this is what you're currently living. So are you permanently disabled or temporarily? What is that looking like? Oh gosh, it's so crazy because I am going through that process. And, you know, the the, the disability through the job has been, you know, approved, but SSI is a totally different beast. Mm -hmm. You know, just working through that because all of the things I'm going through, you know, as the doctor has put in my paperwork, it looks like it's going to be long-term. 
I've been told I've done the scent therapy, the oil therapy. I tried the TikTok burn the orange to get your taste back. I've done it all. Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> I've done it all. Are you telling me that, what is this name of this group? The Weird Smell Club hasn't given you the remedy to get our no. taste and smell back? No. Oh my God. I was hoping you were going to give me the <laughs> No, absolutely not. I mean, and it's for me, even with the taste thing now, it's all about texture. So I enjoy texture. Carrots is now my best friend and I've always liked carrots, but the crunchiness, it just does something for me. But, you know, now I don't worry about taste so much. And now I can eat healthier without feeling guilty because I really can't taste it. (laughs) So like beets, I would never eat. Well, I can't taste it anymore. So I just eat it. You know, I'm willing to try almost any food because I can't taste it or smell it. So that's a benefit, I guess. And like I said, I lost some weight with it, but I'm just still hoping that in due time, it'll come back. And if it doesn't, if this is my new norm, I'm used to it. I have just tried to put in a lot of things in place to ensure, especially with the smell thing, you know, when you're cooking, and you can't smell what you're cooking or your senses are usually the things that remind you, oh, I have a pot on the stove. Right, so right. you smell and you forget you have a pot on the stove, you know, things like that. So, you know, it's a process, but you just live and learn and you keep moving forward. That's all. Well, let me let me tell you something funny. My favorite fragrance is Yellow Diamond by Versace. And I've been wearing that fragrance possibly for the last six to eight years, literally. Wow. I love it so much. The thing that annoys me, if anything, I really don't put a whole lot of mental energy Mm -hmm. into it right now is because there's nothing we can do about it. If it comes back, it does. If it doesn't, oh well, but it's out of our control. Is I love me some Bath and Body Works, girl. (laughs) And I still take my showers, lotion, spray, all the whole nine. I can't smell a lick of it. I know that feeling. I have my a girl. Biggest, listen, my biggest concern now, not that the house is on fire and I can't smell it because I'll, hopefully I'll hear the alarm. Is that I leave, did I leave the house and did not spray on my yellow diamond? <laughs> I don't know. I can't smell that, it anymore. That's not a concern. My concern is always, okay, I've washed and I've used baths and whatever. Now, I hope I still smell good, you know? Like, how do you know if people, you can't smell it and you have to be, I'll give you another, my nine-year-old says, mommy, I'm sweating. He's sweating under his arms. And so it's so funny. I had to call my mom over and I said, mom, could you please come smell under his arms? Cause I want to know if he's starting to stink or not. Like I can't as a mother, like literally tell if he, you can't. So if they tell me they wash, I just have to believe it at this point. <laughs> and they're boys. And they're boys. So you know how that goes. So, you know, that's my biggest fear, like making sure everyone's fresh. <laughs> it, but it's neither here nor there. I take my showers. I use my spray and I just keep it moving. And, you know, I hope and I always tell people I've become very vocal with this. If you smell me, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't keep it a secret because I can't smell. So tell me if you smell me. Listen, do you think the worst is over? Honestly, I think for me, 
I want to believe that it is. I have hope that it is. I feel like this is just the new norm for me. Do I think the worst is over with COVID? I don't. Just because of the mutation of the strands and as well as all of the silent carriers, even with the vaccine, you can still pass it on to someone even if you're vaccinated. I don't think people really understand what that means. Like, I might not get sick, but I can still give it to someone else. So yes, I'm vaccinated, but I can still pass it on. Like, uh, kids haven't really been vaccinated yet. And they still get it, even though people feel like they don't. I mean, I don't think we have a handle on it. I think right now the world is focused on so many other things that that has, they've gotten accustomed to it being here. So it's not a sense of urgency anymore. Mm -hmm. um, no one is checking numbers anymore or I don't know. But I think it's over. I honestly don't. Um, so you wouldn't be surprised if there were another strand. Oh, I, I'm definitely not surprised if we have another wave. Yeah, I'm definitely. I, if I'm not mistaken, something's going on with Japan right now. And, you know, usually when something happens, then it happens here. I don't know. We just have to take care of ourselves and be careful and just take precautions to keep our family safe. You know, I always tell my family, I don't want to be responsible for making someone in my family sick or knowing that because I didn't take simple precautions. Now a family member has died because of not per se me directly, but indirectly passing something on that could have been easily prevented with just doing best practices. Yeah, I think it is a testimony that you're still with us. It could have been possibly went another way, but mm -hmm. you're here. And clearly I've lost someone very near and dear to me, like seemingly overnight, yeah. seemingly overnight. Now that, I mean, you're still here and I know you're a very positive person. Do you look at life differently in light of what could have? I do. Um, I do. I, it has made me enjoy life more or enjoy the moments with my family more. Mm -hmm. It has also really, really made me realize that work isn't everything. Mm, because I you mean, said in the beginning, you love to work. <laughs> I mean, my career was my life. Identity. Like, I mean, it was my identity. I had my doctorate at 30, 31. And I just was so focused on um, my career and to the point where I had neglected, and I can honestly say I neglected my family because I was so focused on my career and I neglected my health. I neglected my spiritual well-being as well, because, you know, if I could go to work and I could come home, I was happy. And so I neglected other parts of my life that could have truly made me, I'm not going to say what I don't, what I do as an educator is very rewarding, but it can't just be about that, you know? So for me, I've learned a lot. I feel like I've grown a lot. Things that used to bother me doesn't bother me anymore. Little dramas or, you know, issues with any person. It's not even worth it anymore because you truly value. And then you see, you really see who has your back. You really yeah. see who's going to be there because there were points of time where, you know, when I was on quarantine, I was speaking to my mom out of my room window, like up the window. No one was coming in the house. My kids didn't come on the side of the house I was on. She would put food on the step for them and leave. And so they would go outside and get the food and, you know, and it just shows me 
to value what I have, to appreciate what I have. And I just feel like it's important that we share. And I'm so grateful for this opportunity because it's such a great thing that you're doing to just make people more aware that the struggle isn't over. And people see me and they're like, oh, you look so good today. And I'm like, you just don't know what it took for me to get dressed a little bit Mm -hmm. to, you know, look normal, um, feel normal. Because like I said, there are days I'm just not there and, and it's hard, but you learn and you deal with it and you cope and you keep a positive attitude and you just keep moving forward because you have other people who look up to you, who depend on you and who look to you for guidance. Yeah. So I keep praying that God, you know, continues to strengthen me, help me to get better. And whether this um, continues long-term down the line, I'm calling it short-term if this is over in a year for me. I just use it as an opportunity to, to just get better spiritually, mentally, and I'm trying to get my health right. Well, I am certainly so proud of you. I love you so much. I know I'm biased. I, I know I'm biased. But you know, I'm thinking about Sam, I'm thinking about Salida, I'm thinking about Selma Daughters, Diamond, I'm thinking about all these girls who, you're right, you did set the bar pretty high. (laughs) And for you to be so honest to say, yeah, I got my doctorate degree. I'm Dr. Laquandra Stevenson. That was amazing feat that you did for your family. Mm-hmm. You're the first doctor in your family. Yes. That's what I thought. So you set the bar pretty high, but then you stand here or sit here today with me and say, yeah, I did that. But at the end of the day, hmm. the most important thing that I'm grateful for is my family, for my children, is for life, is for my faith. Mm-hmm. Don't let me put words in your mouth. That's that is true. Hearing. That's what, that is what it is. So I want you to speak to them, your cousins that are going to hear us today, (laughs) your friends, your family. What would you say to us? Like, get alive, y'all. Seriously. You know what? I love you all. I love my family. They know I do. If there's anything I could ever do, you know, I told my mom just yesterday. Yeah. And I said to her, I said, mom, you know, God had placed something on my heart Memorial Day to do something for the kids because I was feeling up to it. So I got a water slide yeah. and I said, well, whoever comes through, come through, but who don't, I understand. But I said to my mom, I said, mom, you know what? I did this because God placed it on my heart. I would rather you come see me and sit and hang with me now than come to my funeral because you can't say anything to me then. Yeah. So I say to my family is I love you now. I love you forever. And, you know, I just hope that we all still take this seriously. I hope that we all understand that life is in our tongue as well. Yeah. yeah. And that we really have to, you know, just be careful and live life, but also love hard because we never know what is promised. And again, if there's anything I could ever do, they know if you call me, if I can do it, I am there for you. If I can't, I will tell you. But I love my family and I just hope that all of the listeners, all of the viewers really take the time, you know, still research, research about COVID, see what's going on and reach out to people who you may know that have gone through it and have them to share their experiences. And I really wish the stigma of it 
goes away. There's not a bad stigma for having COVID. There's nothing wrong with you having COVID as a human being. So what I hope is that we all just take it seriously. We live and we learn and we continue to be safe no matter where we are. Yeah. I think that's perfect. Thank you so much for being with me. That's another episode of Courageous Conversations with Shri and the one, the only doctor, my cousin. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh my God. I'm so proud of you. I love you so much. Love you too. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And again, viewers, thank you for listening and check Miss Sheree Darian out. I have always been proud of her and looked up to her. And I remember you coming to one of my schools that I was an administrator speaking. And I've always appreciated your efforts for reaching out and being a part, a positive part of our community. So keep doing what you're doing. And we thank you so much. Yes. And we're going to end with that. Thank you so much, Savannah, for listening. I want to remind you that the viewpoints expressed in the preceding program are not necessarily those of WRUU its staff or its license holder. And until next week, Savannah, take care.